From San Diego, California, this is a One Extraordinary Marriage Show. Where being busy is overdone, romancing is fun, and scheduling sex is taking the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DeLorenzo, your co-host, along with my beautiful wife, Elisa. From coast to coast and around the world, thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call or text us on the Hug Hotline at 858-876-5663 or send us an email to hugs at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. On today's show, we're talking about what you can do to strengthen your connection after sex. And there's a quote from Barbara DeAngelis in regards to connection. And she said, the more connections that you and your lover make, not just between your bodies, but between your minds, your hearts, and your souls, the more you will strengthen the fabric of your relationship and the more real moments you will experience together. I like that one. I like it because she's not just talking about the sexual aspect and it ties so much into today's show as we're talking about how you strengthen that connection after sex. Correct. Right. And, you know, as we get into that, we start each and every one extraordinary marriage show with a hug. And a hug is really an opportunity for you to hear someone else's success story, someone else's breakthrough. And this hug came from an email message we received that started with our 40th wedding anniversary is this month. Congratulations. Can I just say you're never too old mm-hmm. to be working on your marriage? That's right. Never. But they go on to say, it's nothing short of a miracle. We have never lived for the desire to have an extraordinary marriage. We didn't even know what that meant. We lived exclusively in survival mode, just living to get through the next season. We were recently introduced to Tony and Lisa, and some may say it was a coincidence, but we say it was divine intervention. It's been life-changing. Mm. We joined Intimacy U in June of 2020, started listening to their podcast, embarked on a five-day intimacy challenge, and will soon be completing a seven-day sex challenge. Right on. We are constantly working on having an extraordinary marriage and will not settle for less. Oh my gosh. We recently received the Bedroom Adventure Bundle. It was full of fun stuff to enhance sexual pleasure, and included in the bundle were a few sex toys. We have never, with all caps, never in 40 years used sex toys. It was actually a mental block for my wife. She had a huge fear and phobia about them, and I just never pushed it. But we ventured out of the norm and Mm. agreed. We had a very honest conversation over the fear connected to this block, and she decided it was something she was willing to try. I am so proud of her, and surprise, it was a huge success. She discovered she enjoyed it, and it was sensual and simple. And she ordered more. (laughs) small steps, open communication, intentional lifestyle. It makes all the difference. The change in the last year has been nothing short of a miracle. And we both believe the best is yet to come, but only because we are invested working and making our marriage intentional. Tony's speechless. I am. I I love it when he's speechless with the hugs because he never sees them before or hears them before the show. And, And what I love about this one, you know, is that 40 years, you guys, Mm-hmm. Some of you are are dating and listening to this show and going, where are we going to be in 40 years? Some of you are on the cusp of 40 or 45 or maybe even 50 years. And you're like, wow, look what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Y- you, you can create an extraordinary marriage. Yeah. I mean, what do these guys do? They were invested working and making their marriage intentional. So, so amazing. Love it. Now, the idea for this particular show on strengthening your connection after sex actually came from a Facebook message Mm -hmm. that we received. It was actually a question that started with, you know, I've been listening to your show. I love it. You guys have all this great information on sex. And, but I want to know, have you ever done a show on, you know, being intimate after sex, Mm -hmm. right? What does that look like? He goes on to say, I feel like a lot of time the buildup is great. The act is great. The finale is great, but I feel like I'm lacking something 
after? Like, am, am I not doing something that I should be doing? You know, should we, should we just lay there and cuddle every time? Should we talk? I, I don't know. Usually, and you know, he finished it with, this came from a husband and he finished it and said, usually it's just clean up and back to life. Mm-hmm. And so Tony, you know, Tony and I got this and, and it's always great when, when one of you guys as a listener, you know, as part of the one family is like, Hey, I've got this question. And, and not every question turns into a show, but there are times when the questions really start to generate conversation between Tony and I, and we're like, huh, what, what does this look like for couples? What does this look like for us? Yeah. Because it was about 300 shows ago, which if you're brand new to the one family, there's over 600 shows. So, you know, it was a while back uh, that we did a show on cleaning up after sex. And that was episode 315. So you can go to slash 315. The premise of that episode, though, was really the different ways we and other couples in the one family clean up. Yeah. Because it's something that is brought up. It's something that is done after every lovemaking session. Right. Like every couple has to, it's in some way, shape, or form, address... Clean up. Clean up even if sex. you're even if you're wearing a condom, even if the guy's wearing a condom, because I've worn I wore condoms for many years, and there's still clean up. You mm-hmm. know, there there's there's some association with that. So we did that. It's episode three fifteen. If you want to listen to that one, but as we were talking about this particular question and thinking back to that show three fifteen, we started going. You know what? We've never talked about what's what's the connection mm-hmm. after the sexual act. What does that look like? What does it mean to, to, you know, if you think about it from the six pillars of intimacy, what does it look like to actually strengthen and and build upon those pillars Mm -hmm. after basically after the orgasm, which, you know, we talked about the anatomy of female orgasm and everything that happens there. We've talked about the anatomy of an erection. So we've talked about these areas, the heightened sensual tension that happens there's a release. And now then what? what? Now what? What are we, what are we doing? Yeah. And, and so it was, I, it was just so neat to actually be able to dig into this and, and not just dig into this with you guys, but also to think, okay, where does this, where does this idea come from of what, you know, the moments after sex or the time after sex looks like? And, you know, I, I'm thinking back to like movies and TV shows and books and things like that, where it's like, oh, they just, they just lounge you know, in bed, you know, arms wrapped around each other or, or they fall asleep or, you know, back in, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago, somebody was smoking a cigarette. Yeah. You know, like there were all of these different things that we've seen or heard visually about that postcoital time. Yeah. So let's bring it into reality. I, I think this is the piece when I, when I hear something like this, where we see, we get a message like this, my thought honestly, it goes right to what have we seen? Mm-hmm. What do we watch? What do we read? And is that is that reality? Is that what you and I and those of you in the one family go through? I mean, honestly, do, do you have these lovemaking sessions where, you know, once it's done, you just, you just lie there for hours? And I mean, I'm just thinking of some of the episodes and shows that Elise and I have watched recently. Yes, there are some lovemaking scenes. And I'm thinking, okay, that's not what happens in my bedroom after we're done. So what are you going to say? I, I literally, the thought that just popped into my head is everything that we see, whether it's, you know, TV shows, movies, et cetera, is all manufactured. They actually don't have to deal with the cleanup part, 
right? There is no exchange of bodily fluids. So like it just dawned on me, the reason they can all lounge in bed for hours and hours and hours is because there are no bodily fluids there. Well, the actual act doesn't happen. Right. So in, in that sense, exactly. So we want to bring some reality mm-hmm. to what it looks like to strengthen your connection after sex because... Like many of the times when we're doing an episode, we go to the one family mm-hmm. to hear because we want you guys to get the sense of like, hey, at least I'm going to share what we do, but what are others doing? And so that way we can, we can base this thing on what's really going on so you can have that connection so you don't have to feel disconnected after your sexual time with your spouse. Well, and maybe it's not even that you feel disconnected. Maybe you feel like, like inadequate. Mm-hmm. Right. Or, True. or you're not living up to, to some expectation that's been put out there. And, you know, for us, I mean, when Tony and I first got together, we first started having sex. I had a lot of UTIs. Mm-hmm. Right. And for those of you that don't know that abbreviation is urinary tract infection. And so my doctors are like, you know, immediately after sex, you have to pee because it helps to like flush it all out. And which I don't understand how it flushes out because they're not in the same area. Right. But I think it's, I, I think actually, and I have never researched this. So if you're a gynecologist or a medical professional, I'm welcome to correction, but I think it has to do with the fact that because you get up and you are like a gal sitting on the toilet, like everything comes out. Mm. And so I think that helps to actually flush and yeah, but I'm not a medical professional. That's not anything that I actually researched prior to you asking the question. I I will say this for us. I think we got to look at time of day, mm-hmm. what's going on, because every lovemaking session is a little different. And when it's happening is going to be different. If you take, say, midday, we get, a, we get a chance. And even in these times, like we have kids that are like at hybrid school. Mm-hmm. So we are very intentional right now of making sure that we are taking time when the kids are like in school on those two days a week, like it's on our calendar. Like literally you guys, there is like an hour blocked off that says TNA kids are not home. Yep. It's on our calendar in a, in, in a lovemaking session like that, it's, it's different than if it's, Hey, we got a weekend away mm-hmm. or even in the evening where we know, Hey, kids are in bed or whatever. And we're, we're having time for ourselves. So midday, I would say most of the time, Hey, we make love. It's cleanup time for Elisa. Sometimes we're taking a shower. We're moving. We only got so much time evening. I feel like, and this is what happens in our household. I'm done. Like afterwards I am done and Elisa will stay up and read. Mm-hmm. And so we finish. Sometimes we will like hang out for a little bit. You know, we'll, we'll have the sex towel for cleanup. It's there. We'll do a little cuddling. I will say for Elisa and I though, the emotional intimacy part of it, there isn't much. We are not talkers after sex. We're not sitting here like, oh my gosh, how did that feel? Used to be that way. Yeah. I will say there was a point in time where I was very um, self-conscious of did I did I please you? Was that it satisfying? And so I'd ask a lot of questions over the years talking about sex, knowing that Elisa is pleased. I, I'm like, all right, we're done. So emotional intimacy after sex for us, very little. I feel like we actually front load the emotional pillar. Like we were like emotional connection, emotional intimacy is very much part of our foreplay as opposed to our, I guess, post play or post, more so 
yeah. it's he- it's heavier on the front end. Our emotional intimacy, yes, comes mm-hmm. prior during the foreplay as well as during. So afterwards, we're like, okay, we're good. Mm-hmm. In the evening, I just want to say this though too. Most of the time, I've already had my reading time because Elisa gets ready for bed. She'll come to bed, you know. But for her, she Elisa can read. Like it doesn't matter. Even on a normal night. I read for 15 minutes and I'm out. Like I'm like, I'm done. And she could be up for an hour for all I know. So after making love is usually like, I'm out. She'll go, she'll do her reading. I may get next to her, cuddle up next to her just cause I want that closeness. Um, but sometimes I don't even recall cause I just fall asleep. You just fall asleep. And you know, I mean, that's Tony and I, but more importantly, let's talk about what happens in the one family. Cause you know, yeah. It, the collectiveness of the family, as we like, we affectionately refer I, to it. I would say the amazingness. The amazingness, but the, the collective insight is is really what what helps all of us to go, okay, what does this look like for real people? Mm-hmm. Right? What does this look like? And so, you know, we asked, what do you all do after sex? And overwhelmingly, like more than 50% of you, the first response was some variation of cleanup, cleanup, cleanup shower, um, you know, grab a towel, whatever it is, some form of cleaning up. And then you get into the cuddling conversation, sleep. And and for a few of you, the response was even, we just go again. Yeah. Right? More you, sex. Have, you have sex again. Mm-hmm. More sex again. And so, you know, it's for those of you that are jumping to the point of, I need to clean up first. Normal. Mm-hmm. Can I just say normal? Normal. Right? I just want you to know it's normal. And so are all of the other things, right? This is what works. Keep in mind, it's what works for you and your spouse. Not what Hollywood tells you it should look like. Not what the romance novels tell you that it should look like. Now, the truth is, is that this time can be more than just cleanup. Because we also ask the question, what would you like to do after sex? And the number one answer by a landslide was some form of physical intimacy. Mm-hmm. Cuddle, snuggle, hold each other, spoon. You know, you can put all, like whatever the physical touch, how the two of you define it. You put that there. And that was fo- followed by talking. So the emotional intimacy and then having sex. Those were like the top three, the top three responses. And, and I, I want to say, though, I think the cuddle and the snuggling, that, that connection, I think the endorphins are still high. Again, I'm not a medical professional. But we've read enough about what's happening when we engage in sex with one another. Um, those endorphins are still high. You're still on this. The dopamine has still been mm-hmm. been dropped. And that time of cuddling, especially the physical intimacy, our largest organ, skin, yeah. that, that touch, that feel allows us to have that closeness without ever even having to say a word to one another. It's absolutely incredible. And, you know, it's, it's so interesting as I was thinking through this and thinking through your responses, how, you know, we think we're focused on just one pillar, the sexual pillar, right? But the attention to the one pillar actually starts to impact need and desire in the physical intimacy, in the touch, and in the emotional Emotional. intimacy. Mm -hmm. So the the pillars are all intertwined. And and we need to actually address that because like we say in the Six Pillars of Intimacy uh, workshop, the pillars are interwoven. Mm -hmm. They're not independent. But let's let's talk about how this can be a place for you guys to look at that interwovenness, if I can make up that word, and use that idea to actually foster connection. But let's do that after we hear this word from our sponsor. Stress, hormone changes, and lack of sleep can impact your skin, causing issues like dryness, dark spots, and acne. I know the closer I get to 50, the more aware I become of this. 
OneSkin, today's sponsor, offers a simple skincare routine to address these concerns at a cellular level. OneSkin has developed a proprietary peptide called OS1 that's scientifically validated to improve the health of your skin beneath the surface without irritation or a complicated multi-step routine. I use the OS1 face topical supplement on my face and neck, which often needs a little extra care with age. Additionally, the OS1 eye supplement helps keep the under eye area fresh, even on little sleep. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OEM at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OEM. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support your show and tell them we sent you. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. So we know what actually happens, right? We know that for the majority of you, you go to cleanup. And we know that for the majority of you, you'd actually like to have cleanup, right? So we've got... Have cleanup? Or no, have, have cuddling, cuddle time. cuddling and snuggling cuddling, time. Physical touch. Yep. So, so we have what you do and we have what you'd like to do. And interestingly enough, those two things are not the same, right? We've, we've got, you know, taking care of the practical and then we've got, you know, the physical and the emotional. And so we have to start looking at going, okay, well, how do we bring those two things into alignment, Mm -hmm. right? Because if there's, if there's a gap between what you're doing and what you want to do, and maybe that what you want to do is what you think you should be doing. Mm-hmm. There might be some shouldas mm-hmm. in there. Then, then we have to actually start with the emotional pillar, right? We have to look at this from a, how can we build the emotional intimacy into our marriage and say, okay, well, have we ever actually had a conversation? Yeah, that, that's my thing. Have we had a conversation on what happens after sex? And, and, and again, this is for the two of you to be in alignment, for the two of you, don't look at this as a like, oh my gosh, like this is set in stone and this is the only way it's going to happen. But are you guys in alignment? Have you had the conversation? Mm-hmm. Because once you begin to have that conversation, you get to hear from your spouse where they're at and what's going on. For me, there was a point in time when I was frustrated. I'm like, why do you jump up out of bed all the time? This is before Lisa and I would really talk about the UTIs. And I'm like, what the heck? Like, let's just, because I wanted to bask in that afterglow. Like, I just wanted to sit there he and wants hold the snuggle, cuddle, I, touch. I, I just want to hold, I just want to hold her. Having not had that conversation and not understanding the UTI and the pain and all that, I was in my own little silo of, well, this is what we should be doing. Once the conversation began to start and happen, we began to come up with a plan that made sense for us. Well, mm-hmm. honey, if I have a UTI, that doesn't feel good. And then I'm out of commission for two, three, four days, whatever it is, and I'm in pain. So if I can just get up afterwards, let, let's. And, and again, we use a sex towel. It's quick. It's easy. If I could just get up, go to the bathroom, and if it's one of those moments where we know we're going to just lay around for a little bit then I'll just come right back to bed when I'm done doing that. Mm-hmm. And then that way, and for Elisa, she had to explain it to me as well. Like she goes, you have to understand if I'm just lying in bed 
and I'm not able, or I haven't gone to the bathroom, my mind is racing of like, I need to get to the bathroom. I need to get to the bathroom. So she was not enjoying that time. And I, ha- and I understood that. So I'm like, okay, that makes total sense. She can go do that. I can clean up real quick and just wait for her to jump back into bed. Mm-hmm. And that's where you have to know, you know, what, what do I, some of you may actually just have to start the conversation with yourself. What do I actually want to happen between the two of us after sex? Like ask the person that stares back at you in the mirror mm-hmm. and then have the conversation with your spouse to find out what that is and then start going, okay, how do we bring these things together? Understanding that not every lovemaking session is identical. Which is what I was saying. Right. You're going to have to also understand a quickie in the morning is usually that. It's we're waking up first thing in the morning, we're having sex. And we're getting up and we're going to go take a shower. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you know, that's us. But what's it for you? I think you got to look at it from different times of day, different places, because those situations determine how you're going to connect after sex. Mm-hmm. There's a big difference. I will tell you this. When we are in a hotel, when we are away and there are no kids, there is a big difference how we connect after sex and we do it in our own home. Sure. I mean, there just is. It's like, well, we don't have to clean these sheets. And hotel you, sex is very different than home sex. Like, you, you know, Everybody we can we can that. just sit here and in in the buff, and who cares? Like, right. so you do need to set yourselves up for success and understanding in these different situations. How are we connecting after sex? Mm-hmm. You also have to think through and have that conversation. What season of life are we in? Mm-hmm. Right? Are are we newlyweds that have all the time in the world? Are we a couple with a newborn? You know, are we a couple with little kids who are like we were, we had dinner with some friends the other day, and and they were telling us how they were they were trying in the afternoon to have sex when all of a sudden their yes. little one <laughs> comes full bore banging into their door. Thank yeah. God they had heard us talk about locking their bedroom door. Yes, but the little one comes banging on the door, and they're like, oh, okay. We're just, we are just going to clean up right now because we're totally just, are, are you in a situation where you've got teenagers who are coming in and you're just like, okay, well, like, what's this going to look like? Are you, you know, empty nesters and you got all the time in the world and ain't nobody in that house, but the mm-hmm. two of you, are you both working from home and you're having to look for, okay, can we put something on the schedule? And the, like, what season it's okay to acknowledge that you are in a season. Mm-hmm. And that means that we're going to have, you know, kind of protocols or we're going to have a conversation around what we're doing in this season. Why? Because seasons change which actually means that you need to have more conversations about your sex life because just like the weather seasons change, the season of life that you're in changes and how you're going to connect sexually mm-hmm. is going to change. Yeah, Th- This is why we talk about sex so often, you guys, so that you can develop these skills yourself, right? And, and, and as you start this conversation, you and your spouse may be far apart. I, I, I do want to share this. Like when this conversation first started for Elisa and I, there, w- there was some gap. Oh yeah. I mean, I was the one who was more like, Hey, like let's make sure we spend some time in the bed. Let's, let's get that cuddling time together where Elisa was like, Nope, got to get up. We got to get moving and I need to clean and we got kids and we got other stuff going on. And so she was more of the, like, it's good. We're done. Let's roll. And so it wasn't a one and done conversation. You know, it was a let's discuss Mm -hmm. what does it look like? And that's where in different situations, different protocol, I'm going to just say protocol Mm -hmm. came up for us. 
And so both of our needs are met in different situations. I don't get hurt and I don't get frustrated when it's one of those times where it's just sort of like, all right, we had an amazing lovemaking session. It was fantastic. And Elisa's like, we got to roll because I got a meeting to go to. Or I got, it's like, okay, there will be another moment. Hence why we talk about the intimacy lifestyle, Mm -hmm. scheduling sex. So you're not having sex once every two months or three months. Like Elisa and I have sex twice a week, week in and week out and have been for 11, 12 years now. And so that in itself has helped us to go through the seasons together, ebbs and flows and learning what what's working and what hasn't. Yeah, it's, you know, this is one of those areas where the, the emotional connection, strengthening that before outside of your bedroom, where you're having the conversations around this, where you're talking about and saying, okay, what are the expectations? What do you want? How can we look at each individual lovemaking session every time that we have sex? How can we communicate that to one another? Because, you know, maybe it is time when you've only got 20 minutes. And so, you know, it's going to be like, we're going to do this. It's going to be amazing, but we're going to clean up. Or other times when you're like, hey, we've got all the time in the world. Mm-hmm. right? Either nobody's at home or we're in a hotel or whatever it is. And so like, I want to just enjoy your body. I want to cuddle with you. I want to snuggle. I want to like, this would be a great day that if we could just have some conversation after whatever that looks like, don't compare yourself. This is an area where comparison based on what the media portrays to you can really start to mess with your head. Mm-hmm. Don't compare yourself to whatever you see. Cause as I had the huge revelation, you know, a few minutes ago, what you see in the media is not real life. They're not dealing with, I'm sweaty, the sheets are wet, the, uh, like there's, you know, bodily fluids all over. Like they're not dealing with that. So they don't have the same circumstances. The illusion is that they do. But we can't compare our reality and our marriages to the illusion that media creates. We have to actually address what this looks like for the two of you, husband and wife, the conversations, the dynamic between the two of you, the season of life that you're in, the time of day. So that here's the thing. At the end of all of this, guess what you have? You have the extraordinary in your marriage, not in anyone else's. It doesn't look like anyone else. It looks like the extraordinary for the two of you. Yeah. You know what? you can have connection after sex. The key is understanding the three pillars that come into play. Your sexual, your physical, and your emotional pillars. Intertwining those three are going to allow you and your spouse to strengthen that communication. So take your time this week to have a conversation, to start discussing what does it look like for us to connect after sex. We know you guys can do it. We know you guys are going to have some massive revelation because of it. And when you go through this, you're going to start to understand how you guys connect and allow yourselves to have the best sex life ever. You guys have yourselves a fantastic week and we'll catch you next week. Love you guys.